Hey, um, that video was four years old and three months, four years and three months old as we were building a launch uh, team to, to launch a new thing. And they're going to start showing you pictures of the earliest days, what started as just a, a handful of people on a back porch that got together to pray together, worship together, vision together, dream of planting a church together, give together, and serve together. And, the, and then we went out to other local churches. I just saw one of the board members of United Church, one of of our overseers is here today. Can we love all United Church? Pastor Kenneth, we love them so much. One of those teams was headed to United Church, and we just were vision, we were dreaming together about what God wanted to do starting right here in Salisbury. And I, I just am excited to show that it has turned into something that God is still doing, and it includes everybody today. Even if today is your very first time here, I know that God has a plan for you. This is no coincidence. God specializes in using um, his creation, which is all of us, and he's got a purpose in your life to build heaven bigger and make heaven smaller, and we are going to do that together, and so I am glad that you're here. Um, on your way in, hopefully you got one of these 2022 annual reports. If you didn't, just throw a hand in the air real quick. Some of our um, hosts will try to run it to you real quickly because we love to, at this time, report to you what God's been doing. The Bible tells us we should look back, we should talk about and remember all that, the God, all that God has done. And so I want you to just split the book open in half and starts with the He Lift page on page three as we, uh, there's a picture of our new church home being built right now across the street at the old Gander Mountain. And I just want to celebrate last year, 260 decisions for Jesus Christ. Can we make it loud? That's... That's what matters, guys. 33 baptized, taking their private decision public. And over the course of four years of worshiping him, we've seen 929 people make decisions for the first time or a rededication saying, I've connected with Jesus. I'm surrendering my life back to him and 109 baptisms. Come on and make it loud right here. I hope you don't get tired of applauding God because God's a big God and he's deserving a big praise. So let's keep it going. You can see our giving from last year. And I want you to see that um, God has been adding to the numbers. And also the giving has increased uh, by 10.2%. I appreciate you. Come on. Together, my wife and I say our favorite dollars that we make in our income is our first 10% because we happily give it to a place that is touching 929 lives coming back to the most important thing in life, and that is their Savior, Jesus Christ, and the unconditional love he has for them. And so um, th thank you for your giving. I want you to see at the bottom that our reach doesn't just happen in uh, in-person attendance, but also 5,200 online views throughout 2022. Thank you that you share the content, that the message goes beyond the walls of a regal theater, that the most important lift in life, Jesus Christ, the message is going out. Do you see? Look, look at the bottom. 181,000 
300 minutes watched on our YouTube channels and, and, and on our podcasts. Guys, thank you so much that you share the message. When you hear a word that you love, you send it to a friend and you, and you help them uh, uh, um, in areas where they might be in need. Go ahead and give it up for your neighbor right now and say, thank you for sharing that. We have such a cool story about uh, one of our dream teamers who's now off the college and yet loves to come back home, and you should check out his testimony. And, and one of the reasons we used him is uh, Pastor JT was looking over our numbers recently, and he said, you'll never believe this, Pastor Drew. Um, I, I looked from top to the bottom. The average age of impact that our church is reaching is 23.7 years old. In other words, 24-year-olds is the average age. And we thank God that there are so many who are younger, and we thank God that there are so many not as younger. <laughs> Come on, because we believe one of our values here is we are getting diverse. And that means that we look for gender diversity, we look for racial diversity, we look for generational diversity in every single area of our life. You'll see it in our overseers. You'll see it in our board. You'll see it in our music. You'll see it on our dream team. You see it around our staff. And so we're so grateful. But I, I, I saw this. When you're reaching 24, uh, the average age of 24 years old, I could not be more honored to be in a place where we get to touch and impact the least reached American generation in history. Come on. God is using us to do a very good work. Give it up for the young people up in here. Young people, make it even louder for the older people up in here. Oh, I like that. I like that. Honor up, honor down, all around, honor all around, baby. Okay. As we go to I Live page on page five, I want you to see that uh, 72 people joined our dream team saying, I want to be a part of serving, and I want to make an impact. I love that. 20,000 hours served at church, just building the kingdom of God, building the house of God. I want you to see that on serve day, we did over 11 projects. To, uh, um, 125 people said, I'm giving up my Saturday to serve our city and give it a lift. Come on. Come on. Celebrate what God's doing. We have an accredited college here at Lyft College where you can earn accredited degrees that will transfer to any college you want, most of them in a theological background. And right now, there are seven students right now. And when they do the practicum, they, they literally serve along our, alongside our staff two days of the week. And I want you to see that we have seven students, 672 hours they put into impacting and making these experiences the greatest they can. I truly believe you should not have to wait until you've earned a college degree to make an impact in life. You can make an impact right now, no matter what age you are. Come on. Can we give it up for our college students who do amazing stuff around here? When we get to We Lift, that's all about serving outside of our doors and beyond our Sunday experiences. We believe in giving locally, nationally, and globally. Jesus said to go to Jerusalem, which was local, to Judea and Samaria, which was kind of like national, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth, which is global. And I want you to see that actually this number is not the most accurate. We've given over $46,000 just last year beyond our church walls. You don't, when you give here, you don't just give to a church. 
You give through a church, and you're making an impact bigger than just a Sunday morning. I love this nationally. To over $10,000 given to launch new churches. We're part of an association that just the last two weeks, we sowed in to eight new churches that reached over 3,000 people in attendance combined, come on, all throughout America in just the last two Sundays, two of which were in some of the most identified, least reached Christian areas of our nation, including uh, an area in Utah and an area area of Iowa. And by the way, 90 people gave their lives in those churches the last two. Looking at small groups, 61 small groups last year, over 250 people being discipled in those groups and being in relationship. And guys, we are called to grow bigger because God has a plan to reach every lost soul. But you can't stay just a nameless nobody in a crowd. I remember I went to a church like this before I gave my life to Jesus Christ. It was a big church. The pastor spoke in a way that I could understand. The worship was off the hook. It was incredible. I couldn't believe it. But I only went about once every three months when I needed to like, I've been wandering kind of far. I need to like act like I care about God, and I'd show up, and as great as the experience was, I didn't get connected there nor saved there because I didn't know anybody there, and that's why we believe in getting into relationships and getting into small groups, and next week is small group Sunday. You're going to want to get in relationship and find a small group to make it your family because in order to grow bigger, we have to grow smaller where we got people who know my name, who pray for my kids, who, who know where I work and are lifting me up in prayer, and I got their back too, and we're being discipled together. Can I get an Amen. And then I want you to quickly just turn back to the front cover because we, we list our finances there, and I have a letter to you. And so check all this out at home, but let me give you an update real quick on our new church home building at the bottom that we have an estimated construction budget of $1.6 million, estimated completion of the end of June this year. You can see some of the expenses. Come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about that. You can see some of the expenses we already paid to it in 2022. And I want you to see that over four years, we have diligently, through giving in our legacy offering, but also being wise in our operating budget and exceeding, uh, making sure that we exceeded our operating budget in the way that we were able to save every single year towards a future church home before we even knew what that home would be. And that together in four years, we have raised $894,000, come on, to the new church home. That leaves a financial construction gap of a little over $700,000, which we are believing God will close that gap before June when the building is open so that we can be as free as possible to do as much ministry with every single dollar change in lives. Can I get a good amen? And if you're a finance guy and you're like, well, where's that coming from? We have secured a potential $800,000 debt. We're just, not, we're just not taking it out yet because we're believing God wants to reduce it so that we, as the Bible says, remain debt-free except for the debt to love our neighbor in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? All right, so if you want to sow into that, do, do that. There's, there's an option there. But also, check out this book. Take it home. You have made it happen. Tell your neighbor, good job. Pat him on the shoulder. Tell him, good job. I just really want to tell you thank you. 
because you're you're an amazing church. You you together this is something abnormal that God is doing and it's so exciting to be a part of a church where you invite your friends and people are giving their lives to Christ every single Sunday and and we're giving to things beyond ourselves and we know that one plus one is so much greater than two because when we combine and when we serve together and we bring our gifts and when we surrender to the Lord he uses us to lift up his name and build heaven even bigger I want to say thank you because we've asked you to pray and you've prayed. We've asked you to serve and you've served. We, we, we have asked you to give and you've given. We've asked you to lift and you have lifted. And as a result, 929 times people have said, I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. Come on, celebrate it one more time. I told you your hands might start hurting, but I bet Jesus' hands hurt when he was on the cross. Okay, I know. I know. That, they were like, D you really went there. I know. But listen, we need to be reminded that I'm willing to give him all of my praise because he gave me his best too. Hey, I want to tell you where we're going and what we've always been about. And as I think about those early launch days and what God has done, I'm reminded as some people have come to me and said, tell me about the early days. Tell me what was happening. Tell me what was going through your mind. Tell us about the vision that was in your heart. And I, I want to, to actually go back to our logo because very few people know that back in uh, 2018, uh, God had already been speaking to my wife and I a vision that he had us writing down and making plain in a note on my iPhone. Come on, Apple is superior to any other device you all try to carry around. Okay, so it was an Apple note and I knew it was secure. Come on, where's my haters up in here? I'm a Samsung for life. Okay, anyway. So... He had been telling me to write down the vision that he was putting in our heart. But in 2018, Pastor JT and I went on a missions trip to Ghana, Africa. And it was on this bus right here that they had some sort of Ghanaian soap opera that was in a language I didn't understand. And it looked like they went to a YouTube setting and put it in 2x time because everybody was moving super fast. And God said, get out a pen and start drawing something. There's JT right next to me, has no idea what God is starting to download in my heart. And when we got to, go to that next picture, when we got to Kumasi, which was about three hours into an eight-hour drive across Ghana, right here, God told me, get out a pen, and I drew this. God just started downloading. What would it look like if there was an arch with the church underneath it because God is the lifter, and then together, if it lifts up, come on, we could lift up a city, and we could lift up a people, and it's all upward trajectory, and it has to be centered around an individual eye that is lowercase because when we decrease he will increase. So if we can keep our eyes on humbling ourselves before the Lord, the book of James says God will lift us up. It's a promise. He said, if you'll lift me up, I will draw all men unto me. And I believe God has lost children that he wants to reach, and he uses you and I to do it. Tell your neighbor, let's go. And the dream I had was of a church that would be known not that, that it would be known by a verb, not a passive verb, but a verb of action, that it would be a church known by its lift, 
that it would be a people of God that is known to be lifted by God because we are way better when he's lifting us up than when we are lifting ourselves up. A church that would be known to lift him up in worship and praise and adoration and, and our behavior throughout the week. A church that would be known that doesn't just come to church but is the church seven days a week and goes out into a city and serves the lost and mentors young people and teaches others about marriage and, and helps the brokenhearted and, and visits the sick and goes to the imprisoned and says that there is hope and hope has a name. His name is Jesus. He did it for me. He can do it for you. I had a dream of a church that would lift. And let me show you what I'm talking about in the book of Mark chapter 6. If you've got your Bible, go with me to Mark chapter 6. Go with me on your iPhone or any other inferior device. Come on, I've already started the joke. I might as well con continue. And I, I, I'm really not hating on y'all's devices. I just, I just felt like I might as well keep going down that rabbit hole since I'm there. Anyway, go in your Bible. Come on. If you got the Bible app on it, it redeems it. You see what I'm saying? Come on. All right. So listen, Mark chapter 6 is a portion of Scripture that many of us are familiar with. And if you're not familiar with it, I'll, I'll break it down. It's a story of Jesus feeding 5,000. But that number is not actually accurate because that number is only the men, the men who were represented. The Bible in their time would count the men. It also included women and children. So we don't know if Jesus fed 7,000, if he fed 10,000, if he fed 15,000. Just tell your neighbor he fed a lot, okay? <laughs> and the Bible says in Mark chapter 6, the apostles which also could have been interpreted the disciples. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've given your life to Jesus, you too are a disciple. We can identify a little bit with the disciples as we break down the scripture. It says the disciples returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told them all they had done and taught. In other words, Jesus has said, I'm sending you out two by two to go do ministry, and you're going to do powerful things in my name. They came back thinking, I'm on a ministry tour, baby. Come on, we got a t-shirt. It says all the cities we've been at. Come on, let me show you what we did. Let's talk a little bit about the stories we did. Oh, yeah, in Jesus' name, but I felt pretty big at that time. I felt pretty good. We've accomplished some things, Jesus. Why don't you sit down, have a seat, as I could tell you about it. It says that, then Jesus said, well, that sounds like a good idea. How about we go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest? Someone say rest. Someone say rest like you just had a newborn baby and they haven't let you sleep in a while. Say rest. These disciples said, oh, yeah, we did some things and we worked really hard. How about we get aside and we just rest? Sounds very good. Verse 32, so they left by boat for a quiet place. Oh, Jesus, can we have a hammock somewhere? Can we get out the blender and get a virgin pina colada? Just come on, blend it up because we've been working really hard, man. We were on a ministry tour and we did a lot of things and, and we were a little bit tired. Where's the hammocks at? Where's the, where's the virgin pina coladas? How about we go by a beach and sip on some and tell some stories of all the glory times of what God did? And Jesus says, that sounds good. Let's go for a quiet place. As serene as you can, say quiet. 
I hear mothers in the house going, if only. Come on. Anybody up in here, you get tired of hearing your kids call your name. Stop it. <laughs> Stop calling me. I've come on my wife's behalf before. If I hear you call your mother one more time, she's in the bathroom for the love of Jesus Christ. Leave her alone. <laughs> Jesus loves her too. Let her have a moment. <laughs> All the mothers know exactly what I'm talking about. You're like, oh, quietly. I am a virgin being clothed. Amen. Jesus, I've done a lot for you. Can we rest? They said, yeah. Jesus, can we settle down? Can we notch it back? Can we chill? Can we just, can we pat ourselves on the back for a little while and exchange amazing stories of all that he did? But many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and the people from many towns ran ahead of them along the shore and got there ahead of them. And Jesus saw the huge crowd. Come on, you gotta pick you gotta picture it in your mind as you read the Bible. I imagine Jesus right here, the 12 disciples going, come on, hammocks and pina coladas. Come on, here we go. We're gonna rest, right? And Jesus sees the crowd coming and he starts turning his head. And like one of my daughters, when they can't get my attention, will grab their neck and go, rest in hammocks. Come on, peace and quiet. You remember? Hey, we're gonna do this. Don't look at them. Jesus could not help but to see. And notice what Jesus saw when he saw the crowd. Jesus saw a huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. And he had compassion on them because they were like, say these next four words with me, sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Oh, he knows we need rest. And there are seasons for rest. Yet, when a shepherd knows that sheep need a shepherd and they are lost and they are wandering and they're looking for hope and they're looking for guidance and they're looking for answers in life, he says you cannot have a forever sabbatical. You cannot rest for too long. We could stand back and exchange war stories and tell of the goodness of God, but I cannot turn my back on a crowd that is lost and wandering like sheep without a shepherd. And so we got to get our hands dirty and it says in verse 35 his disciples came to him and said jesus this is a remote place it's already getting late why don't you send the crowds away it's like a desert here how about they go feed themselves we like our small group when it was just us listening to you we liked it when we had 100 percent of your attention we like keeping it small come on in some places some christians can lose focus at times i've been tempted to it at a time or two where you think i like it small i like it the old way does it need to even grow anymore but as long as jesus has lost children out there we we cannot make excuses because as long as heaven is real and hell is real, we've got to be busy doing the work of God. Even if it means I used to like it when it was just 12 of us, but Jesus is saying, but I see a crowd. And we got to, we have to, we have to tell our neighbor, we must tell our coworker, we must share the good news of the gospel. Because last I knew Jesus taught, if you just have one lost coin, how much attention does it take up? If you just have one lost sheep, won't the shepherd leave 99 to go find the one? If you just, if a father has one lost son, will he say, the, the few that remained is good enough, or will it not occupy all of his mind? And so we can't all the time say, Jesus, I like it this way. This is my quiet place. This is my hammocks and pina coladas. Or we have to be able to say, Jesus, wherever you want, the crowds is on your mind. And it says this, Jesus, they said, why don't you send them away? And Jesus said, you feed them. With what they asked, and he said, we'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for these people. 
Jesus said, how much bread do you have? And they said, we only got five loaves of bread and two fish. And then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. And Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up to heaven, blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so that they, say they, could distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And the crowd was not only amazed, but they went home spiritually fed and physically fed. This morning, I want to focus on the fact that sometimes we can see things differently than God sees things. Sometimes the way we look at things and sometimes the way we want God to act is different than the way God acts. We might be like the disciples saying, rest, and he's saying, crowds. And I, I would echo what Tim Keller once said, because I think it's masterful the way he quoted it. If your God never disagrees with you, you might be worshiping an idealized version of yourself. Because every single one of us will have times where we're like, God, we don't want to do that, <laughs> including you. And anytime there's a disagreement between God and you, let me remember, remind us, we surrender. He is Lord and we are not. And so we have to wrap our minds just like the disciples who are like, we've just been working hard. God, you've done amazing things in four years. How about we just chill? How about we notch it back? How about we just settle? How about we get a little bit caught? And Jesus says, there's crowds out there who don't know me. And they're looking like sheep without a shepherd and I can remember how God made it absolutely clear to my wife and I that for our lifetime this is where we're supposed to be when we were in a ministry transition asking God what's next what do you want to do with our life and God had me stuck on route 13 about 4 p.m. somewhere in the middle of town near the hospital you can I get a collective groan you like this S curve stands for sucks because there's so much traffic I'm catching every red light. <laughs> All the people are in the way. <laughs> Can't you use your blinker? <laughs> I would then know to move to the other lane and keep it going. Can't get my kid to dance class on time. Can't get from one side of town to the other because there's traffic. And God said, open your eyes and look how many people are here. And what do you see? And I saw sheep without a shepherd. He started showing me graduations as people celebrate the accomplishments of the young people, and I love that, but I'd see crowds full, and God said, look around and tell me what you see, and I saw sheep without a shepherd. I saw people who wanted to chase after Jesus, dealing with hurts and pains. I saw people who never grew up around church, confused why they should, and I felt like God was saying, I want to use you and the church to bring answers and bring and draw people back to my name. And I said, God, this is, this is where we are called to be. And I saw it at sports events. I remember walking through Walmart. It doesn't matter if you're on Fruitland side or North side. I remember God saying, look in the eyes of the people you're passing. Tell me what you see. And you can see sheep wandering without a shepherd. And what does a sheep all by itself try to do? Tries to act tough, but the Bible says Satan is like a roaring lion looking to prey upon others. How tough does a sheep in isolation really look to a lion? We can walk around all tough. We can dress tough. We can hold ourselves tough. We can act like we got it all together, but inside we know that if the devil were to show up, we ain't got what it takes. And if we're sheep wandering around without a shepherd, 
But the Bible says, what happens to sheep if they have a guiding, loving shepherd? The Bible says this, or, or what we know about sheep actually says this, that they'll provide wool for warmth. They'll provide meat to eat, milk to drink, companionship. And by the way, they will reproduce more sheep. How many of y'all saw that cute baby goat on the way in? Come on. That's why we brought a petting zoo up in here. Because in other words, life has purpose again. If all you are is prayed to be eaten on, take up a little space, eat up a little grass, and then one day you'll be attacked, and then it's all over again. There's no purpose in that. But if you have the great shepherd who leads me in life, come on, he will lead me and guide me and redeem my life and give it purpose in every single step. Jesus sees sheep without a shepherd. And so I said, I said this, until everyone on the eastern shore knows they are lifted by Jesus to be lifters of Jesus, to lift others for Jesus. In other words, he lifts, I lift, and we lift. Come on, can I bring up our, our models this morning? Come on, Kurt, run up here. Come on, Tish, run up here. And I just want to show you real quick, on our four-year anniversary, we're releasing a brand-new merch drop because we got our message and our mission right on this sweatshirt. Don't they look good? Come on, look at these two up in here. Look, we're putting the words of the rock right on the rock right here. Okay, anyway. <laughs> It says lift church. It's a verb. It's not a noun. It's not, a, it's not an inactive word. And it says to raise uh, from a lower to a higher position. In other words, I reached out and he lifted me up. Uh, number two, to elevate one or raise in rank. In other words, I lift Jesus higher than all others in my life. And finally, to make an impact serving others. In other words, we lift people in our community through love and service. Come on, rep the logo on the side look look you look good walking around town come on would y'all give it up for them real quick we got it in two different colors it's releasing our resource center today and for the first time on any resource we marked it up just a little because we had many people saying this we'd like to sow into the new church home so a, a bit of the proceeds of every single one is going to go into the new church home so you'll know that you're not only repping what God is doing in your life but you are repping something that's going to pay dividends eternally for a long time come on can we give a hand clap of praise so let me try to finish up today as I break down the feeding of the 5,000. The book of John says, where did the five loaves and two fish come from? It says it came from a little boy. It was a little lift. It was an individual lift. It was an eye lift. The boy literally said, I don't have much, but what I have, you can have. What I have is five loaves and two fish. And your fi their fish back then weren't like our rock fish. Come on, Eastern Shore people. The, have you ever seen Mediterranean fish? They were like little slivers. You're like, can I have some more, please? It'd be like showing up and somebody give you a half slice of pizza. And you're like, we could have ate the whole thing. Any parents of teenage boys up in here know what I'm talking about. That five loaves and two fish are not going very far. Maybe one meal for my family, maybe two if we stretch it. In other words, I'm not very old, but what I have, you can have. I'm not very significant, but what I have, you can have. I don't see how my contribution will make a dent when I look at that crowd out there. When I look at the city, I don't see how it will make a dent. Nonetheless, the boy said, I will give it to you and let God do with it 
what only God can do with it. You might think my talent's not very good. I'll tell my communication, it's all I got, Lord. But whatever I got, you can have. My, my ability is not very good. I see other people more joyful than me. But today, I'm going to use my joy with whatever measure I got. And I'm going to give it to Jesus, believing that I don't see how it will make a dent. My tithe, my 10% of my income, I'm not sure how it's going to close the gap on that $700,000. But what I do have, it might be a little lift. I'm going to give it to you. It was a young boy. It would be easy to say, what we need is a grown man around here. You go take your picnic elsewhere. Jesus said, I can use that. In other words, bring your eye lift to the table. Then I look at this story and I see an even bigger lift. A we lift as the disciples, literally a bunch of eye lifters in community making up a bigger lift because one plus one is greater than one guys when we put our heads together when we put our efforts together when we put our money together when we put our prayers together God can do exceedingly abundantly above and so I see 12 disciples saying I'm not really sure how you're going to do this here's what I do know though is that we will be your hands and feet there's 5,000 people to feed no there's more than that to feed you can't do it alone so I don't know what you're going to do but I'm ready to be used you can use these legs you can use my mouth you can use these hands I'll be service with a smile going you're eating fish today but I'm doing it with a smile right they're like I ordered chicken and you're like no you didn't okay Jesus put a lemon pepper on there when he multiplied it it's nice it's lovely you're gonna like it go ahead ah come on service with a smile it was a we lift it was I like to say we lift we is a bunch of me's working together in harmony. Oh, you didn't get that. Okay. We is a bunch of me's working together in harmony because we know he is worthy of our collective lift. And then I think about the most important part of the story is that you got God in the middle of it. You got Jesus who looks a little bit different than the people. He is 100% God and 100% man. And he gets in the middle of the story and he says, listen, I am bigger than the little boy's contribution. But if he would bring it to me, I could do exceedingly greater above and beyond. It is enough. It's not insignificant for me. For all I need is a mustard-sized seed of faith to move mountains. Come on. I can do the heavy lifting. I'm just looking for you to bring yours to the table. And, and when you pass it to me, I can multiply it and I can pass it to the church who I have uh, delegated to go out and be the hands and feet. And so what I see is that Jesus looks around at the, at the multitudes and he has compassion. Jesus looks at our city and he sees sheep without a shepherd and he says, what I'm looking for is to get between a, a me and a we. I'm looking to get between an eye lifter and, and have them bring their life to me and I can take that and together if we would do this together if the invisible hand of God would be in the middle of not just my personal walk but our collective church walk look what he can do live church this is who we are and so when you look at our logo you will see on the top of a lowercase i which must always decrease you will see this icon at the top which is a threefold reminder that he lifts I lift and we lift <laughs> 
And when we do this together, God doesn't just physically feed a city. I believe he shows them where to find hope as well. He feeds the spirit too. So let me say it like this. We say he lifts, I lift, we lift. Because number one, the first part is he has to go first. You and I cannot find God if he doesn't go first. If we play hide and seek, he is God. And we are not. In other words, he will find a hiding spot we can't find. (laughs) But he sent his son Jesus so that he could be found. And so when Jesus came and he gave up his life, we have to do our part realizing that he's showing me that he's for me, not against me. He wants to lift me up. And here's our part in response to this, to accept. Say that word, accept. You can't earn your salvation. You can't work hard enough to be right from sin. You can't attend enough church to fix it all. You can't pray on your knees long enough. But if you will pray and give your life to Jesus Christ, believe that when he died on the cross, he did it for you. Accept that he did it to set you free. Then he does the greatest lift in life, delivering us from our sins. From there, the second part. Say the first part is his. The second part is yours. Point at yourself and say it's mine. I lift is saying, I choose to respond to his act of love by loving him back. I choose to give him my life. It looks small, it might look insignificant, but all that I have is his. I surrender. I make my whole life a pursuit of him. He is now the Lord and he calls the shots. It's literally the second part is yours. It's I lift and this is accepting this is surrendering say surrender and then the third part is ours point all around say all of us it's we lift where we say if he did it for me he wants to do it for them too if he loves me this much he loves my co-worker this much too he loves my family member he loves my weird uncle and he loves that angry coach on my son's kids team as well he loves them all and he wants to touch them too and so we begin to serve and, sh- and carry the love of Jesus Christ everywhere we go. I like to say it like this, guys. Without his lift staying central to our lifts, we are powerless. But when he gets up in the middle of it, there is nothing that is impossible. Amen? And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to ask you today, have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? Are you trying to do it on your own? Are you trying to do it in your own effort? I tried to do that for 20 years and I found no amount of religion fixed it. No amount of good news, or I'm sorry, no amount of good works fixed it. I tried to pray here or there. I tried to do a nice thing for someone here or there. And yet I still had my guilt and shame following around with me. And if you asked me would I go to heaven if I died, I said, I don't know. I think so. I think I've been good enough. But you run the Ten Commandments, I realize I violated more of them than I hadn't. Come on. Anybody up in here uh, uh, blaspheme the name of the Lord? He said, keep my name holy and never use it unholy. If you've ever said GD or anything like that. He said, do not steal, even if you've taken a paper clip or ream of paper from work. Come on. He said, said, do not commit adultery. Some of us maybe have and others might be going, I'm free of that one. Except Jesus said, if you've even lusted upon another one, you have done that. Jesus said, don't kill. And you're like, whew, finally one I haven't done. But Jesus said, if you've even called somebody else stupid, 
you have killed them. And you're like, dang. I've only rattled off about four of the Ten Commandments, and most of us are 0 for 4. So how good are we, really? We can't be good enough. He had to show crazy love for us when he took the cross. They're going to bring the cross on the stage because I want you for just a minute to dwell upon the cross and what he did. This was his act of surrender. This was him going first to show you just how loved you are. For a moment, open your eyes and look at this cross. This was Jesus going first. He lifts. Now it's your turn. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not going to embarrass you or call you forward, but if you're in this place and you're like, it's time for me to surrender my life to Jesus and ask him to forgive me of my sins, will you just throw your hand high up in the air real quick so I can see you? I'm going to pray for you today, and I'm so proud of you today. Come on, if that's you, God's working in your life, and you already know. He's moving right now. No one's looking around. Just throw your hand real quick so I can see you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. If you're online and you say, that's me too, include me in that prayer, come on, write it in the chat. That's me too. And right now, we're going to all pray along with you. So all of the church, say it as loud as you can. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I am a sinner, and I'm asking you to forgive me. Forgive me of my mistakes. Would you wipe my slate clean by the power of Jesus Christ? who took that cross for me, that when he died on that cross, he was willing to forgive me of my sins. So I start new today, and I'll make you my Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church said, amen.